Amen. And so one of the things we learned so far about why church membership is important is because the church promotes worship. In that church, uh, we, in, in church or in the church that you belong to, worship has to be an important thing. I love to see people lift their hands without being asked to lift their hands. Amen. And so, so we talked about how worship is an important piece. That we come into the presence of God as what? As worshipers. Amen. We come here not to spectate, but to what? To participate and to worship God. We talked about that worship is an important part of being part of the church. Then we talked about the word of God. I know why the enemy has tried to attack me tonight because of what I'm getting ready to tell you in a few minutes. Ready? So we talked about the word. I have something I'm going to put in your hands tonight. Amen. I got something I'm going to give you tonight. Amen. Those of you that showed up tonight, I'm going to give you a free copy of a book tonight. Amen. A very value. I believe it's a very valuable book. And I'll explain that here in a minute. Okay. Watch this. The word of God is an important piece to the church, okay? So one of the things that you have to remind yourself of that if you're going to be part of a church, you got to make sure that when you leave that you've gotten a what? A word. That's why I believe you have to have your Bible, your pen, and your notebook. Why? Because you can take notes and you can go back over these notes because you can only remember a few things I've said each week, amen? So we looked at Paul speaking to Timothy. We, we, we said that the word has to have an important place in the church. Today, the word is being watered down. Today, the word is being put to the side and people are having a conversation about the word and they're not exegeting the word. To exegete the word means to draw out what's in there. See, Bible, the Bible says man should not live by what? Bread alone, but by every word that proceed out of the mouth of God. So the reason why you need a word every time you come is because that's how you feed yourself. That's how you survive as a believer. The Bible talks about the word being milk. The Bible talks about the word being metaphorically and for more of a picture, uh, it says it's symbolically, it says it's food, it's water, it's bread. Come on, somebody. It's the fruit. It's a seed. You with me? So it uses these analogies to show that it's what we need when we come into the house of God. We came here tonight for a what? For a word. Do I have anybody? Go to Matthew chapter 23 real quick. Help me to stay on course tonight, please. Matthew chapter 23. Amen. Um, let, me show you, let, me sh let me show you something, what Jesus was saying. Jesus was exposing the Pharisees. Okay, so a Pharisee was one who knew the word, but they were more religious. They would look the part out, outwardly, but inwardly they wouldn't practice it. 
They, they can come to you and give you all kinds of advice about what the word says. But when it comes down, came down time for them to do it, they wouldn't do it. They were Pharisaic. All right, so you had the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They, they're cousins, okay? But here's the deal. The deal is Jesus was exposing them, right? And, and, and if you want to, if you want, if you want to, uh, I want to look at verse 23, but you know what happens to me, right? We, we got to look at the context. The context helps you to understand why verse 23 is there, right? So, so if you look, if, if you look at, <laughs> look at verse 16. It says, woe to you blind guides who say whoever swears by the temple is the temple that is nothing, but whosoever swears by the goal of the temple is what? Obligated. You fools and blind men. Which is more important, the goal or the temple that sanctifies? Wait a minute. Jesus is asking, which is more important, the money or the temple? So if Jesus put an importance on the temple, why don't we have an importance for the church? He says the church is what sanctifies the money, not the money sanctifying the church. So when you bring your money to church and you put it in the offering basket or you cash up it to the church, it's sanctified now. Come on, help me somebody. But see, the Pharisees always had it backwards. They would always do the opposite of what? I'm trying to help somebody. When you come to church and you come under the word, you are now sanctified or being sanctified or being washed. Right now, I got you in permanent press. Come on, come on. We haven't got to the spin cycle yet. We just started. You with me? And so the detergent that goes in is the word of God. Come on, somebody. And it starts cleaning you up. But you got to go through the cycle. Come on, somebody. You got to go through the shaking and the scrubbing. And we just left the world just a few minutes ago. And God brought you into his house to wash you. The Bible says you sit under the word for the washing of the word. Do I have anybody? In verse 18, he says, And whosoever swears by the altar, that is nothing. But whosoever swears by the offering on it, he is obligated. You blind men, which is more important? Look what he said. The offering or the altar that sanctifies? Listen, you remember I said this? I love opening the doors of the church because I believe this part of the sanctuary, the altar is an important place. Jesus is saying, y'all are so concerned about your offering that you've forgotten the reason that you're giving the offering. I don't want your offering. I want you, your life, come on somebody, at the altar. I believe that if more people would get up and come to the altar, I believe that they would begin to see a change in their lives. Listen, it ain't that bad. Come on, somebody, where you can't come to the altar and say, God, I surrender all. But what Jesus is doing here, he's showing us something, a dynamic about church. That when you come to church and you sit under the word of God, you are being what? Sanctified. Do I have anybody? 
Therefore, he says, whosoever swears by the altar swears both by the altar and by everything on it. Look at verse 21. And whosoever swears by the temple swears both by the temple and by him who dwells within him. And whosoever swears by heaven swears both by the throne of God and by him who sits upon it. Verse 23. Woe to you, scribes, the second woe, and Pharisees. What did Jesus say next? What did he call them? Let me back up for a minute. Jesus is in church, and he calling people out. <laughs> I'm saying one more time. Jesus is in church, and he's calling them what they are. You know, you call a person a hypocrite, them fighting words. Jesus said, woe to you Pharisees and hypocrites with an exclamation mark behind it. You see that? He says, for you tithe mint and deal and coming. In other words, he's saying, okay, so you want to get me on the altar thing. All right. You so cold, you do everything that's necessary. Watch this now. He, he was saying, y'all don't just tithe on the money you get. Y'all tithe on the crops you grow. You tied on everything that you get. In other words, you are religious. You are following God. Watch this now. You're doing everything that's required, but something is missing. What's missing? Let's look at the text. The text says, but, but you have what? Neglected what? The weightier provisions of the law. In other words, he's saying, you're following this law, but you're forgetting all the other things that's in the word of God. In other words, you just pick one part that you're good at. Some people ain't got no problem tithing, but they mean as a rattlesnake. And then the members of the pastor love. The one who tied the most. Listen, I'm on the even keel here. Come on, somebody. Give me your heart. I don't want your money. I want your heart. And I want your life. And I want to see you change. And when you change, when you give, it will benefit you. You're not doing, doing it just because you're told to do it or asked to do it or because God told you to do it. But you're doing it because you love him. You're not neglecting. Listen, being a Christian means that you and I have to balance our lives out. We have to balance the word, and this is why we have to learn the word. Watch what he says. He says, oh, my gosh. He says, you have neglected the weightier provisions of the law. Look at what he says. Justice, mercy. Huh. Look what he said. I need to talk about that faithfulness thing tonight. I just got off with the leaders here talking about faithfulness. And, and, and some of my leaders, they're not faithful. I just got to tell you, some of my members are not faithful. But you tithe. But you show up every second Sunday. Amen. You don't show up for Bible study. 
You, you think that you and God is cool, and God says, no, nah, bro, bro, boo, whatever, you, you know. He said, no, 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 I ain't going to call you what he called them, but I'm just saying, he said, no, nah. don't be a hypocrite. Don't say that you love God, but your actions does not show that because you ain't got no word in you, because you're following the word according to the way you interpret the Bible. That you don't want to come sit under someone to listen because you want to interpret it the way you want to interpret it to fit what you want for your life. Come on, say amen, those of you watching at home. Amen. Watch what he says. He says, he says, you're, he says look what he says. He says, mercy, you, you leave out justice, mercy, and f so faithfulness is a thing. Let's talk about that. Faithfulness is something to God. Faithfulness is something to Jesus. And Jesus says, if, listen, you know what? I, I got to say, I was talking to a pastor last Wednesday, and he told me something. He said, Pastor, if you do anything, remain faithful. When folk leave, be faithful. When stuff finances dry up, be faithful. And if you stay, I said, for 16 years, I've been faithful. And can I tell somebody something tonight? Can I help you with something tonight? Faithfulness pays off. It's not how good you are. Are you seeing this? They were, they were tithing to the T. They were tithing on air. See, that's the misnomer that people have about church, that the church wants your money. God says, I don't need your money. I got money. I want your faithfulness. I want your justice. I want you to show mercy to other people. Look what he says. He says, but these are the things you should have done without what? What is this telling us? That we need a balanced, listen, don't be so faithful to the ministry that you forget to pray every day. Listen to me real good now. Don't be so faithful, okay, to, to, to serving that you don't open your Bible, no, not, not, but, but on Sunday or Wednesday or Tuesday. Don't be so faithful in showing up that when you leave here, this gets put to the side. You're neglecting opening it up and learning it. That's the key. The key to this is you cannot take one and neglect the other. Come on, say amen. Y'all walking with me tonight? Is that right? Okay, good. <laughs> Look what he says. You blind guides. <laughs> Who strain what? Out a net and swallow a what? <laughs> man, Jesus hit him hard, didn't he? He's like, man, listen, man. I, I don't even know what the parable means. He's like, listen. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> you <not. laughs> 
Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup. You look good outside. Clean. You got Chanel on. You come on, somebody. You you got the best. You look, you got the name brand. You you look the part. You're blessed, but you ain't faithful. You're blessed, but you're not merciful. You're blessed, but you show no justice. He says, look what he says. He says, for you clean the outside of the cup and of the dish, but the inside, they are full of what? Robbery. Self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and of the dish so that the outside may become clean also. Man, I believe people live like this, man. I, be, I believe people live like this. They look good on the outside, but inside, man, they're dirty, man. Yeah. They, listen, they need a good washing. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? You know, I'm just saying, what I'm saying is, and here's what washes you, here's what cleans you, is the word. Why is Bible say, why is church important? Man, we come, I hear people say, church, I don't need you. Listen, you need to come here to get washed. The person who is not teachable anymore is not reachable anymore. And then you have a problem. Right? Watch this now. Watch this now. Let, let me, let, I wasn't even supposed to go here. All right. That's it for the word. That's it. Go to 2 Timothy. One more. I got 16 minutes. 2 Timothy. I'm going to give you all your book tonight. All right? 2 Timothy, I need to stay focused. Tell your neighbor to stay focused. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Somebody read that for me. Chapter 4. First. 2 Timothy chapter, chapter 4. What does it say? Up, yeah, 4 and verse 3. I did that last week. 423. Go ahead. Four what? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh-huh. I think I did that. Uh-huh. Right. I did that one. Now flip on down to verse 9. Mm-hmm. There it is right there. That's all I want to stop, right? I know I, I dealt with this. I want to deal with it one more time. Watch this. Demas who love this what? Can I help you with something? You can fall in love with this world all you want. This world will let you down. There's nothing in this world that will leave you satisfied, fulfilled, and, and listen, and, and, and wanting a better life. Let me share this with you. Let me share this with you. If you're going to be part of the church, you got to make sure that you're not a whitewashed tomb. You got to make sure that the word washes you. When you come here, you got to listen and you got to take notes and you got to get a word. And when you leave here, you're not leaving the same. When you go back home, you should not be the same. But can I help you with something? Don't neglect one for the other. People think, oh, well, if I leave and I go to church, I'm going to miss out on family time. You only come to church for an hour. You ain't here for three hours, five hours, and ten hours. You go to a movie for two, two hours and 45 minutes. What's the longest movie they got now? Uh, two, two three-hour movie. Yeah. 
But we come into the presence of God like it's a problem. The word is what blesses you. The other part, let me give it to you now. The other element that's needed in a church, amen, why the church is important. You ready? So we have worship. We have the word. You ready? Witnessing. All right. Now, there's a difference between witnessing and evangelism. So the next thing, that next, next sign that you, you can look at in any church that you go to, is that church actively involved in witnessing? Can I ask you a question? Why is the church not witnessing today? Good question. What has happened to the church today that the church neglects its most important mandate and command from Jesus to witness? And so witnessing should be, if you're part of that church, an important element. And you and I must get involved in witnessing. I want to show you one other thing about the word, along with witnessing, okay? Go to Isaiah 55 for me. Isaiah 55. Amen. Amen. I thought y'all would shout like y'all did in worship, you know. Like witnessing. What? I mean, like, seriously, like, what is he saying you gotta do? <laughs> and I I wanna show you why. I'm gonna show you why witnessing is an important piece to a church. Let me ask a question. Do you remember when you got saved? Someone did what? Can you imagine if that person was not obedient to God? If you weren't invited to church and if you weren't, if, if some of you got saved in church, some of you got saved at home, whatever the case may be, some of you got saved a long time ago. But the point is, what if that person was not obedient? Do you want to know why the world looks more attractive to Christians today? Because we're not doing what we've been told to do. Do you want to know why there's still people who are dying and going to hell and they should not have died and went to hell? Because the church is not doing a job. And whenever you hear about witnessing in a church, you think going door to door, knocking on door, and that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? But what we're doing now with the food program, if we, we are witnessing, we're not evangelizing. Listen to me real good. I'm going to share it in a minute, okay? G give me a minute. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. 
Listen, 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 listen. The task of witnessing is this. You ready? It is bearing witness, okay? Bearing a witness or witnessing, it is to make visible what is otherwise invisible. Witnessing is to make what's otherwise invisible visible. That's why I got to keep my cool. See, the devil wants us to throw tantrums and act like the world because our witness is on display. The devil wants to keep inner rifts going on in the church so that when people come from the outside in, they could pick up on that spirit real quick because you are a witness every time you walk through the doors. Can I get a witness? Listen to this. We are to bear witness to the kingdom of God and make it visible, watch this now, by testifying about its existence. You come to church and are part of the kingdom because what was invisible to you before, Come on, I wish I had somebody. What was invisible to you before is now what? Visible. You remember when the church had no meaning to you? Anybody? I remember. I was telling my wife, so I said, I remember when church meant nothing to me. It was visible, but invisible to me. And watch this. Watch where I'm going with this. Watch where I'm going with this. We bear witness to the reality of God's kingdom, watch this, by telling the story of Jesus and calling people to repentance. That's evangelism. But when we go out into the community and we are handing out the food and we're, we're, you know, we're talking to people, we are witnessing. Because they're trying to figure out where these people come from with all this food. Why are they do why are they being so nice to us? But pretty soon, we're gonna have to start what? Evangelizing. You got to know the difference. A church that is not witnessing, a church that is not evangelizing, watch this now, is a dying church. Because it's living off of what's, I won't say it for me. It's living off of what? What's already there. So that's why you could sit in the same seat for 30 years and nobody new sits next to you. Because the church is feeding off of all blood. Baptismal pool is dried up. It ain't never the water. You got to turn the water on every now and then to see if it works. Y'all ain't trying to hit me. Witnessing. 
But you got to remember something. I'm going to help you in the next couple weeks. We're going to deal with this thing, okay? We're going to deal with this thing real hard. Watch this. Watch this. We are to bear witness. Let me give it to you one more time, okay? To the invisible kingdom of God and make it visible by testifying of its existence in a variety of different ways. Do I have anybody? Listen to this. The love we show to other believers is a powerful witness. Amen. You know what? You know what? You know what? The love we show when we come together. I just, I just got finished talking about this this evening with the staff before we left over there. I said, the love we show, the spirit we show each other, how we treat one another is a witness. We can't be riffing behind the scenes. And then when we come in front, we smile. That's a fraud. That's fraud, man. That's, that's fake. We have to learn how to love each other behind closed doors. So that when the world sees us unified, they know, man, them people for real. We got differences. We have, we have, we have all kinds of differences. But here's the thing, y'all. When we love one another in the church, we show, watch this, that we belong to Christ who poured his love out on us. That's witnessing. Your worship is a witness. The way you receive the word is a witness. Watch this now. Watch this now. Look, look at Isaiah. Isaiah said, man, I'm sorry, y'all. This is heavy for me. Isaiah, 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 Isaiah 55 and 11 says, so will my, let me back up. For, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not what? Without what? And making it bear what? And spout. And furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So will my what? Be. Which goes forth from my mouth. It will not. I'm going to say this to you tonight. It will not return to me empty. Without accomplishing what? I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. God sent me tonight to send you a word and here's what he's saying it's not going out and falling on deaf ears it is accomplishing something tonight but we have to be a witness to that. Another way we witness to the kingdom is when we celebrate the Lord's Supper. That's a witness to the world. It's a love meal that we're eating in remembrance of him. And we are collaborating together. And unbelievers are sitting in the church like, man, what are they doing? Let me share this with you. Everything you do when you walk through this door is a witness. But let me give you a harsher reality. Everything you do when you walk out the door is even a greater witness because there are dying people out here. Watch this. People are watching us. They're watching us. They want, they're watching your life. They're wondering how long before she falls. How long before she fails? You know, you know people, don't, the, world don't, the world can't understand what's happening to you. But we are a witness, and we ought to bow a witness 
to what the world can't see. Are you with me? Watch this. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Let, 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 let me show you. Let me show you something. Go, go to Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. So Isaiah says the word. Yeah, just bring it over here. Uh, he, uh, Hebrews chapter 4. Oh, yeah. I'm going to show you what you're going to do with this book right here. We're going to be a witness. Man, God is so amazing, y'all. God is so amazing. You know, he, he can give you stuff. I'm so glad that I'm being led by the Spirit, y'all. I, I go in my prayer class. I said, Lord, now what do you want me to do? Show me. Watch this. Watch this. Let me, let me go to something else. Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 12. Watch, 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 watch this. I love the word, y'all. Watch this. Hebrews chapter 4.12 says, the word of God, it affects non-Christians as a witness. Look, look at it. For the word of God is what? And what? Go ahead. And what? And sharper than what? It affects believers. See, here's the difference. Believers that get cut with it, they don't get mad. Some of them. They say, ouch, amen, or thank you. Unbelievers, when they get cut with it, they get mad. They're like, man, I don't want nothing to do with no church. You don't cut me. Pastor, I don't agree with what he said. He don't know what he's talking about. No, you're arguing with the Holy Spirit now, dude. Watch this. It says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and is able to judge the what? The thoughts and the intentions of the heart. This is why wherever you go to church, there, the church, there must be a word. Because the word deals with the material, the non-material, and the mental makeup. Of each person. It does. Psychologically. The word will change your mind. But the word does the same thing. To the believer. But it's to bring the unbeliever. To bring the unbeliever. To see the kingdom. God told us. At the beginning of this series. That he gave us the keys. To the kingdom. How many you got keys? How many? When's the last? Some of you need that little find the key thing, so, cause you done lost your key. You, <laughs> you don't even now. Nah, we don't even have kids keyless now. You forgot your password. He says, "I will give you the keys to the kingdom." Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Ephesians chapter six, verse twelve. Ephesians six, verse twelve. Uh oh. See, still stop. Acting crazy. What the? Okay. Ephesians 6, 6, 17. Somebody read that. Ephesians 6. I say 6. 6, 17. Let's back it up for a minute. Verse 13. Okay. Back it up one more time. There you go. There you go. 
That's, that's for the enemy tonight. See, we have to stop making the fight about people. No matter how mad they make you, no matter how they get under your skin, it's not them. For our struggle, do you not know that because of your witness, the enemy wants to destroy it? For our struggle, go ahead, is not against what? Blood, but against what? Rulers, powers, world forces of this darkness. So when you walk out into the world, just remember when you get in your car and you start driving home, it may be light outside, but, you, but see, if you were to unveil your eyes, you will see darkness pull up right next to you. Just pay attention. Pay attention. When you look up, you'll see, you'll see the liquor bottle with the ice in the glass. And boy, they got it in 3D, man. And it looked almost as real. And they got this beautiful woman up there just pouring the liquor in the bottle. And you like, you pull up to the light and you're like. <laughs> and conveniently, your next light. It says liquor. <laughs> what do you do? The weed man don't advertise like that. You just got to know where he is. <laughs> and, and, and what I found out, you know, you can cash app your weed man down nowadays. You know, but my point, my, the point is darkness is all around us, y'all. Darkness is everywhere. We just don't be so naive that you don't see it. It's not for you to look at it with a with a one of those eyes, but it's for you to look at it and say, "Man, I have a witness to carry out, carry out." Watch this now. Watch this now. He says against spiritual forces of wickedness. Where your fight is in heaven. But can you imagine an unbeliever doesn't know that there's a heaven? And that there's a fight. Watch this. If you were to peel back the curtain on this world right now, there's a fight over your soul. The Bible says, watch this, Satan stands before God every single day making an accusation against you so that God will pull his grace from you. But thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. He can't win against you. But what he can do, talked to a pastor the other day. He said his pastor falls so far from grace that he left Texas and ended up in Los Angeles in the back of a church dumpster diving. He pastored one of the biggest church in Texas. But he fell from grace and ended up in the dumpster diving in the back of the church. And the guy went back to church and said, man, what you doing? They brought him in clean. They didn't know who he was. But he, the pastor told me, he said, and that's the guy that led me to Christ. You think Satan is happy when we're doing the will of God? Do you think that Satan is happy when we're unified? Do you think that Satan is happy when we stand and we do not give in and we keep our witness? No, he's not. 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 
Listen to this. Giving our testimony. Look at verse 13. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to do what? And I've got to stop. Resist. See, nobody told you to go rebuking the devil and putting oil all over your house and all that kind of No in the Bible does it tell you to rebuke Satan. Say, not rebuke. No, it says resist. Resist. The word resist means to cope, to oppose, to withstand. Resisting the evil day and having done everything, do what? Why do Christians run and they don't stand? Oh, I wish I had somebody. Do you not know that somebody's watching you? Your kids are watching you. Your mama's watching you. Your husband's watching. Your wife's watching you. And guess what? They wait. They, not, not, not that they're just sitting there. Well, let me see. But it's spiritual. The enemy wants you to look weak in front of them. You're going to that church. You're doing all that stuff. And what's, what, what's going on with your life? Look at verse 14. Stand firm, therefore. Having girded what? Your loins with truth. With what? Truth. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And having shed your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this. Look what he says. Take up the shield of faith. Watch this. Which is able to extinguish all of the flaming. Some you don't even know you shot in the heart. He didn't shot you with an arrow. That arrow throwed you off at the light. <laughs> when you clocked in at work this morning, he shot you, pow. He's like, I got you. But if you put on the full armor, if you take up your shield, you got to shield yourself with the word, right? Watch it. And your witness. But look at verse 17. He said, take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. Okay, let me ask you this serious question, okay? How in the world are you going to fight and you brought a plastic knife? <laughs> or you just go out there like this with your fingers up? <laughs> and Satan coming, coming at you with a sledgehammer. He coming at you with some real bullets. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. You can I help you with something? You are in a fight for your witness. Listen to this. Living in holiness is a witness to the work of God, but it's not evangelism. Okay? Evangelism takes place when we share the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay? Kind acts is not the gospel. All right? Evangelism happens when we proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. All right, this book is entitled, Who's Your One? Who's Your One? Some of us have, or we know one person 
who's not saved. It's a 30-day prayer book that will guide you to pray for that one person for 30 days and watch them come to Christ because of your witness and your evangelism. So let's hand these out tonight. And I got these little cards. Got these little cards here. Well, that's in Spanish. I want you to take this serious now. All right? I just want you to take one person. When I start, I try to do 10 people at the same time. I said, no, take one. One person. And every day for 30 days, I pray for that person. Now, how do we know if they get saved? Well, I'll tell you next week how, how witnessing works. It's not up to you. No, well, you know, you'll see the results of your prayer. Yeah, God will open an opportunity for you to share the gospel with them. Or somebody else will share the gospel with them. Okay? So what I want you to do is every day, I just want you to take one, one name, just one name. And day number one, you're going to pray for them. Listen, day number one. And there's a little journal in here, too. All right, it says, God, I know that there's, there's only one way to salvation. Jesus is clear. He's the only hope for the lost and dying world, and that includes, you put the person's name. His or her salvation depends on acknowledging Jesus uh, is who he says he is, and he alone is the source of salvation. Use people and circumstances in such such life today to point them to the reality of Jesus and give me the courage and boldness to call the name to, to faith in Jesus when the opportunity arises and help me to make it clear there's no other way to be saved. Day one. Then you go day two.